Welcome to Uncomplicating Weight Loss and Life. I'm your host, Eva Rodriguez, proud Latina, single mom, certified life coach, and weight loss coach. I'm here to help high-achieving boss women lose their weight for the last damn time and up-level their lives. When it comes to your health, weight loss, and this thing called life, I'm not saying it'll always be easy, but it doesn't have to be complicated. So in today's episode, I'm doing something a little bit different, a little bit special. When I decided to go into season two of this show and expanded into YouTube and doing video, I reached out to my audience and I wanted you guys to ask me your specific questions that you have regarding weight loss. Because I know I talk a lot about my concepts and my framework and all of that, but we are all bio-individual. We all are completely individual and all of the things that we go through are different from one another. And I work with so many different kinds of clients and they literally all come to me with, while some of the overarching issues are the same, there's a lot of nuances. And I wanted to cover some of that, especially for some of my listeners who may not get a chance to work with me. Maybe I'm not in your budget. Maybe uh, the time is not right, but you still can listen to my podcast. And I've had actually had a lot of people reach out to me, especially through Instagram, letting me know that just by listening to the podcast, they've been able to lose weight. Just by listening and following the steps that I walk you through, they've been able to start their weight loss journey and make some progress and see some momentum. So I wanted to take this opportunity to answer, to do a, a very special Q&A episode, it's just answering specific questions that were submitted from my listeners. So we're going to start with the first question that came in, which is every few weeks I get into this slump where I don't want to do anything. And I hate my workouts and I hate what I'm eating and I don't want to plan anything. And and I don't even want to watch my favorite shows. What can I do to improve these thoughts when I feel so deflated? So I would start by just telling you that that's normal. Sometimes we think that when we start new habits or when we found something that works for us, then that's the way it's going to be forever. And it's not right? We constantly evolve. We're constantly changing. It could be depending on what your thoughts are for the day, depending on how you're feeling for a day. You may not want to, for example, go to the gym. You may not want to eat a certain food that specific day. It doesn't mean that anything's gone wrong. It doesn't mean that you're supposed to necessarily, I think sometimes we have this misconception that when we're establishing new habits and establishing new routines, that it must follow this specific structure or something is wrong. And I think that this happens a lot with people who are very structured within themselves, who maybe have more of a strict lifestyle because they feel like that works best for them, which is totally fine. So for example, I'm actually more of a free spirit, right? So for me, I like to live in the flow of what's actually going on on a day-to-day basis. So sometimes I have energy and sometimes I don't, right? Sometimes my hormones are different, right? Because of depending on where I am in my cycle, sometimes I want to eat warmer foods or I want to eat colder foods or sometimes I don't want to go to Orange Theory. Sometimes I want to go take a walk, right? So it's really important when you're establishing new healthy habits to allow yourself flexibility, allow yourself the freedom to to try different things and to, again, it goes back to really listening to your intuition and listening to your body and really respecting um, the cues and the signals that your body is sending you. Just because you have 
planned for something, if it's not aligned with you right now, it's okay to do something different. Now, it doesn't mean that you just throw the habits out the window and let's go back to the old habits. It just means I want to offer that you give yourself a little bit more grace, obviously, a little bit more just um, compassion and flexibility in that sometimes you may not want to do certain things and that's okay. I think it becomes an issue when we make it a problem, when we make it mean something, when we make it mean, oh no, I'm going back to being lazy or I'm going back to the old me. That doesn't have to happen. And if it happens every few weeks, it may have something to do with your hormones and your cycle, right? And that's okay too. As women, we all go through these things. So I just want to offer that you maybe structure your day in a way, maybe structure your routine in a way where you're just allowing yourself a little bit more flexibility and allowing yourself to, you know, in the event that, you know, I had all of these things planned for the day, but I woke up with a headache. I woke up with, you know, with a, with a stomach ache. I often, for example, personally, I often get migraines. And if I wake up with a migraine, I there is nothing that I can do except wait for it to go away. So I allow myself to have enough space in my calendar when I'm doing these things to make sure that I'm checking in with myself and taking care of myself. This really all goes back to self-care and protecting your whole self. So I don't think there's anything wrong with every now and again, you wanting to change things up or you thinking that, you know, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to follow any plans that I've put together. Again, it's it's only a problem if you make it a problem. I think if you just give yourself that opportunity to just say, maybe just today's just one of those days, or maybe I'm just going through a slump right now and I just need to do something different and kind of get out of my, my normal routine, I think that's totally okay. As long as you're not making it a big deal and as long as you're not judging yourself about what's happening, about how you're feeling on a certain day or how you may be lower in energy. I think as long as you don't make that an issue, again, I always say this, we're humans, right? We're not robots. Like we are humans and and sometimes we have ebbs and flows and that's totally okay. I just think it's important for you to normalize that this is just part of your journey. As long as you don't stay there for too long, as long as you don't stay stuck in a rut, if you find yourself getting stuck in a rut, then that's when you want to maybe change some things up, but maybe judge yourself a little bit less. Every now and again, it's okay to give yourself a break. It's okay to to take a rest day and it's okay to, to hit the reset button. I think that's totally normal. The next question, can you talk about how to prepare for letting my negative thoughts not be a problem? So this is a really good question. It's really important that when we are doing the thought work, when we are processing our thoughts and processing our feelings as well, that we do it from a place of curiosity and not from a place of judgment. So again, think about the way our brain is wired, right? Our brain is naturally wired for negative thinking. So if we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day, around 80% of those are negative. I want you to really just think about that for a moment. When you have negative thoughts, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong. And it doesn't mean that you're different or you're broken or there's something wrong with you. Your brain does this. Your brain gravitates and defaults to negative thinking because it's how it protects you. The thing about your brain is it's very primal. And our our brain is very skeptical of anything that appears to be dangerous or that could potentially pose danger to us, right? So think about our primal brain. Think about, you know, how we've evolved. I talk about this a lot in in my Stop Overeating workshop, how our brain has evolved. And 
it doesn't necessarily know the difference between real danger and perceived danger. So that's why our brains are literally wired to be negative. This is actually really important. And I, and I want to offer you this alternate thought. The reason why our brain doesn't want us to be positive all the time is because if we were, we would probably be very reckless, right? We would probably be like, oh, let's just walk across the street. Nothing's going to happen, right? Our brain would be super reckless if it didn't have that discernment that the negative side, the skeptical side offers us. What's really important is to understand that having negative thoughts is not a problem. It becomes a problem when you think that your negative thoughts are a problem and you make that mean there's something wrong. Right. So it's the whole meta idea of thinking about your thoughts. We think that we have this problem, which is, you know, if I if I keep thinking negative thoughts, I can't lose weight. Right. If I if I can't get out of these thought loops that I'm in, if I don't go from negative to positive, I will never be able to lose weight. And that's not true. That's not true at all. A thought doesn't feel bad until you let it feel bad, until you think that there's something wrong with it. Right. And then you believe that it's a negative thought that then you have to think it and you have to own it. You don't have to accept all of the thoughts that your brain offers you. And so that's the other thing that I really want you to think about. If you think, for example, the thought, I'm just not good enough. This is something that I've often battled with. It's probably one of the most common negative thoughts. It's just like, it's always somewhere back here in the background. The worthiness thoughts, the the lack of worth, the I'm not good enough, all of that. Just because I've done so much thought work and just because I've done the healing and just because I've done all of these things doesn't mean that I don't still have the thought that I'm not good enough, right? It doesn't mean that it doesn't pop up every now and again. But when that thought comes up and because my brain is just so so naturally, automatically triggered by the thought I'm not good enough, I have to do better or all of these things, because I know that if I pay attention to it and I start to give it too much light and I start to pay too much attention to it and let it really start to guide my life, that's when that thought starts to control me. That's when that thought starts to shadow all of the things that I, all of the progress that I've made. So it's not that doing thought work means you never have negative thoughts. That's actually not what it is because that's not natural. When you do the thought work, you're just not attaching yourself to the negative thought. You're able to see it. I literally always say it's like, so the thought underlying one that happens for me, I'm not worthy. If I take that thought and I look at it, it's almost like put it in your hands and look at the thought, I'm not worthy, right? And how does that, like if you look at it with curiosity, like, okay, I have this thought. There's a sentence in my head that's offering me that I am not worthy. And it's and my brain is now going back and it's it's wanting to remind me of the times that I haven't been successful at something, right? It wants to do that because that's what our brain does. What I tell myself is that's just a thought that my brain is offering me and I don't attach myself to it anymore. I just acknowledge it. It's there. And I also normalize it. Of course, I have this thought. I've had it for decades, but it's also not true. I often say there's this idea of giving equal airtime to your negative thoughts. So if you have a negative one, I'm not worthy, then I have to give equal airtime to something that's just as true that I will believe so that I'm not just living in this negativity and I'm not spiraling in in this thought that's going to then affect how I feel. It's going to then affect how I show up in the world, right? We don't have to be afraid of our negative thoughts. We just can't allow them to control our lives. So one really good way to do that is just equal airtime, okay? Thinking this thought right now, and this is how it's making me feel. What's something else that's true? What's something else that's equally true, but feels a little bit more empowering? So if you think about it that way, our negative thoughts, because of the way our brain works, 
they're usually just trying to tell us something. They're usually just trying to get us to see things in a way, maybe maybe see some danger, right? I think for, for me specifically, the I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, all of that starts to come up whenever I start doing new things, whenever I start going to the next level in my life, whether it's with my personal life, whether it's with my business, whatever that may be, that's what starts to happen. So the thought will start to creep up for me. Again, it's not resisting and it's not like, no, 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 go away. It's like, okay, here we go. This thought is coming back up. What do I need to know right now? What is my brain trying to say to me? Or is it just trying to protect me from hurting myself? Is it just trying to protect me from getting disappointed? Right? So what are these thoughts actually telling me? And when you start to ask yourself that, what are my thoughts really telling me? What is really going on? What is really at the core? Those are the things that are really important also to journal on. These are the things that we want to get out of our head so that we're not stuck in that thought loop. Right. So that's why it's really important to do the thought work. And it doesn't mean journaling for hours and hours a day. It really just is taking the extracting those negative thoughts and observing them and giving them a voice. Okay, I I see you. I hear you. But this is also true. Right. And make sure that whatever that thought is, that is also true, just feels better because two things can't exist at the same time. You can feel like you're not worthy of something or you can feel these things and still push through. I have done this a lot throughout my journey, even building my business of thinking, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to figure it out. And I've made so many mistakes, but it doesn't mean that I've made all these mistakes because I'm dumb or I'm worthless or this, this is something that I don't deserve in my life. It's just thoughts that our brain offers us to protect us from disappointment, to protect us from getting hurt, getting our feelings hurt. And you just give equal airtime to, and I've also come this far. And I'm also a more evolved person than I was when I first started. So it's really, really important that when you're doing the thought work, you don't allow yourself to judge the negative thoughts because the negative thoughts are not going anywhere. So it's really just important that you learn how to turn down the volume or turn down the temperature of those negative thoughts when they pop up and understand that it's just your brain being a brain. I often say to my clients, it's just your brain braining right now, and that's totally normal. If you get anything out of all of the things that I talk about, it's normalizing what happens in our, in our brain is the first step to doing all of this mindset and thought work. Because oftentimes we think, I'm the only person that thinks this way, or I'm I'm the only person going through that. All of us go through these things in our head, which is why it's so important to get it out of your head and onto paper and just writing it out so that you're not constantly just like looping in there. And always give equal airtime to another thought that's believable, true, and more empowering. Okay, next question. I am afraid to reach my weight loss goals, because what if I gain it back? What can I do? Whenever someone comes to me, I actually have several clients that have told me this before. They're like, I've gained and lost weight so many times that I'm just afraid that this time maybe I'll lose the weight. But like, what happens when it comes back? So my recommendation, if you're afraid to reach your goal, is just reach it and see what happens, right? Don't let that stop you from 
actually doing the work. It's almost like the idea of failing ahead of time. Well, every time I've lost weight, I've gained it back. So what's the point? Or if you're approaching your weight loss journey from a place of fear, then you're already sabotaging yourself. You're basically failing ahead of time. You're basically not even allowing yourself to try, not even allowing yourself to go down this journey. So oftentimes when clients first come to me, that's their biggest fear because they have lost weight before. Most clients come to me, they've tried at least five times, maybe 10 times in their lifetime to lose weight because they've tried all the diets and they've tried all these different things. So there is a very real fear of what if I invest in myself and it still doesn't work or I gain it back? When they have those fears, we definitely work through that because when you work with me, I teach you literally the skills, literally the tools that you need to take with you for the rest of your life into maintenance. But if you're not working with me, what I want to offer you is that don't be afraid of your goals. The alternative is I'm afraid to reach my goal, so I'm just going to stay here. I'm just going to stay unhappy. I'm going to stay stuck because I'm so afraid that if I lose the weight, I'll gain it back. What if you don't? What if this time is different? What if you just face your fear and do it scared instead of allowing that fear of I might not get there or I might gain it back? I want you to always consider that even though the fear of gaining your weight back is very real, it's the past. If that's what happened in your case, that was the past. Now you're smarter. Now you're more mature. Now you've grown. Now you know more things. Now you have different tools. Just go full steam ahead. I always say this, like you never know until you actually give it your all. Oftentimes what happens when we have these fears of, I'm not sure if this is gonna work, I'm not sure, we kind of half-ass it. Again, that's just a form of self-sabotage. Because we don't wanna be disappointed, we disappoint ourselves in advance. If you have this fear that you're going to lose weight only to gain it back, I just want you to give yourself a little bit more credit that maybe this time it's different. Maybe this time you won't. And even if you're applying just the tools that I teach on the show, you'll be fine because now you know differently. If you're doing exactly what I tell you to do, which is eat when you're hungry, stop when you've had enough, you're getting enough water, you're getting enough sleep, and you're moving your body in ways that feel good, that's really all you have to do. That's how you solve overeating. And once we stop overeating, we lose weight. So if you're applying those things and you're doing this in a way that's sustainable and that's doable for your lifestyle, maybe when you tried some restrictive diet, it didn't work, and that's why you gained it back. But if you're doing it holistically now and if you're if your goal here is for wellness and overall wellness, not just to to be skinny or not just for a certain number on the scale, then what I want to offer you is to not let your past experience create your future experience because that happened then and now we're here. So let's just go from here and go and don't be afraid. I think sometimes we get afraid. We're afraid to reach our goals. It's often when you're just about to to really break through that we give up on ourselves. And that's just our brain offering fear. So just like with the with the, the question previously, don't judge these thoughts that come up for you. Just acknowledge that they're there. Acknowledge that it's real and just keep going. Say noted. Okay, fear, I see you, I hear you. Noted, but I have this goal and I'm gonna go for it. Next question is, how do I meet my needs without food? So this is a really good question. One of the things that we really need to think about when it comes to emotional eating and when it comes to thinking that food brings a certain emotion for us or, or can help comfort us in a way is really asking yourself, what do I really need right now? And 
When you drop into your heart and ask yourself, what is it that I need right now? If you think what you want is cookies or what you want is popcorn or what you want is something um, that you think will make you feel better, it's really digging deep and asking yourself emotionally, what is it that I'm seeking right now? For example, if you think that you crave, for example, sweets, because you think that that makes you feel good. You think that when I have sweets, I feel better. The reason is, and I always say this, especially sweet foods, they really do give you a dopamine hit. Like that is not in your head. Like you're not just imagining things. We're like, oh yeah, when I eat this sweet thing, I feel better for a moment. It's because of the dopamine that's released in your brain. But as you know, that doesn't last, right? Like that's a very um, short-lived joy that we can get out of that food. So what are you really hungry for? Is it attention? Is it peace? Is it love? Is it affection? What is it that you're really seeking? When you can start to ask yourself these questions and then also understand that Food is not going to give you that. Food is not going to give you the comfort or the peace or the affection or the love that you're seeking. And you really start to understand what is it that's really, what do I really need right now? That's the first step in finding ways to meet the needs that your emotional needs without food. Because oftentimes when people say, you know, I just need the food. I just, it's like food's my friend. It's like a best friend or it's like a comfort and all of these things. What I often say is, again, food is just neutral. Food does not know you. Food's not your friend. Food doesn't give a fuck about you. It really doesn't. So if you think about it that way, and if you think that, When I get home and I eat this pint of ice cream, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to feel comforted. Just think about what happens after that, right? Because I know for me, for example, my go-to was always ice cream and wine. Those were my two go-tos whenever I was having a bad day, I was stressed out, I was sad, any of those things. It was ice cream and it was wine. In that moment, if I thought about what is it that I really need? Do I really need this pint of ice cream? Do I really need this bottle of wine? Or... Do I really need to just feel sad? Do I really need to cry? And I and take this from someone who hates crying. Sometimes it's just what you got to do. You have to release the emotion some way, somehow. Because if you don't, that's what we end up doing is we end up buffering with food, buffering with alcohol, buffering with, you know, overspending, over anything, right? Whether it's overeating, over drinking, overspending. So oftentimes whenever we're overindulging in something, it's because... There is an emotion that we're either trying to avoid or trying to resist. Certain foods are very triggering for you. One thing that I say to my clients is if this is going to be battle of the wills between you and your triggering foods and we're not quite there yet with with the thought work and the emotion work and all of that, then I do recommend taking those foods out of your environment. But what happens is if you take a certain food out of the house, right? So say, for example, it's ice cream. If you're all of a sudden saying, well, I'm not going to eat any more ice cream, right? I'm going to stop buying it. I'm going to throw it away, right? If you take it out of your house and that's what you've been, you've been used to going to, that's been your comfort for such a long time, and then you remove it, but you don't do the work on your emotions, you don't ask yourself, what do I really need right now? What is it that, I, that my body wants me to feed with food, or I think it wants me to feed with food? If you don't do that part, then taking the foods out of the house can feel very restrictive. It feels like you're punishing yourself. It feels like 
I can't control myself around this food, so I'm going to get rid of it. When I work with my clients, we get to a place where eventually you can be around any food. And it will not trigger you because you will only eat when you're hungry. You'll only stop when you're at enough. And also you're only eating it if you've planned it ahead of time. So if it's not on your plan, you're not eating it. Again, these are all skills that you have to learn. These are these require a lot of unlearning of habits. So if you don't do the thought work and if you don't ask yourself, what is it that I really need right now that I'm trying to buffer with food? If you feel like you're being punished or if you feel like you're punishing yourself, Think about that, right? That makes you feel like you're out of control. That also really harms your relationship with yourself and your relationship with your body. Oftentimes we do think we have to punish ourselves and be mean to ourselves and berate ourselves. And that's how we're going to like beat ourselves into submission. But really, when you think about it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I don't want you beating yourself down the scale. And I don't want you being mean to yourself until you reach the goal. I want you to work on your relationship with your thoughts and your emotions and understand that there is not an emotion. There is no emotion in this world that you can't feel that won't process. Your emotions will not kill you. Avoiding our emotions sometimes do because we end up overeating, over drinking, doing drugs, doing all of those things. Right. But feeling any emotion, even the hard ones, even the ones like grief, and shame and humiliation. They're like waves. Eating over it isn't really going to make you feel better. We think it does, but it really doesn't. If you do decide that, you know, it's just a little bit too triggering for me right now, and you decide to take the route of removing the triggers from your environment, I just want to make sure that you're doing it from a place of, I'm doing this for my self-protection. I'm doing this for my growth. I'm doing this until I can get to a place where I can have peace with food. And I won't allow it to sabotage me because I know that I'm in control. And I know that if my body wants this and if my body needs this, and I'm making that decision from a place of my higher self from using my prefrontal cortex, then it's okay, right? Then you're not being emotional. Then you're not using the primitive brain that just wants instant gratification. Next question. I feel bad when I'm around my skinny friends. They make it seem like I'm just being lazy. Okay, so this is a very, very good question. Before I lost my weight, I used to feel the same way. I have a very skinny friend and I would hate taking pictures next to her because it made me look in my mind, it may, I thought it made me look bigger. I definitely have had these thoughts as well. And what I really want to offer is understand that your feelings are yours. Your friends can't make you feel anything. Now, if your friends are, are making you feel bad by, by using words to say, hey, I think you should lose weight or, hey, I think you should be more like us, then maybe you should reconsider the friends. But no one can make you feel anything. It really is your thoughts. Your thoughts are the only things that create your feelings. If you're feeling bad when you're around these friends, I want you to remind yourself that your feelings are your responsibility. And when you take responsibility for your feelings, you take responsibility for your life. Another person can't make you feel anything at all. So I want you to really think about that, that you're in control of your feelings and you're in control of your thoughts. So tell yourself, that you want to feel empowered, tell yourself that you want to feel you're in control, and then tell yourself that you can do that. Those are some of the things that I also really would recommend journaling on. What are the things that happen when you are with these friends that trigger you? Is it when we take photos? Is it when we're at dinner and they're eating whatever the hell they want, but you think that you can't, or you think that you can't eat the same things that they're eating? What are you making this mean? 
because this is all these are all your thoughts. If your friends are making you feel bad because of the things that they're saying, that's a different situation. But if it's your thoughts that are offering you, I'm not as good as they are, or I don't look as good as they do, or anything in, in that vein, that's just your thoughts. Because my skinny friends have just as many insecurities as I did when I was 30 pounds overweight. We all have our own situations. It doesn't really matter. That's why I always say the comparison game is really pointless, right? We all have something that we're dealing with. So I want you to just keep in mind that you can change your thoughts at any time. And what you can also do is remind yourself, even when these thoughts pop up, why are you hanging out with these friends? Do they make you feel good, right? Like as far as like, the, their energy, right? Is it fun? Are we having fun together? Are we having girl time? Focus on those things. Focus on the experience and focus less on what everybody's looking like. Because really, I can guarantee you that even your most fabulous friend has a whole list of insecurities and the things that, that she's also dealing with. Don't let anyone else make you feel anything because they can't. We think that they do. We think that people's words make us feel something or things that they do make us feel something. But none of that exists until you have a thought about it. It's just like you don't know if someone's talking about you unless you find out about it, right? This, somebody could be talking shit about you all day long. You wouldn't know. And since you don't know, you don't give a fuck because you don't know. It's not until someone brings it to your awareness and then you have a thought. And that's the thought that makes you feel good or bad or whatever feeling it is. So I just want you to think about those things when you are spending time with, if, if these are good friends, right? With that caveat that if these are good friends and not toxic ones, they cannot make you feel anything. They cannot make you feel bad because of, of their circumstance, because of what they look like. It's only because of the thoughts that you're having. Next question. What do you do when you are learning to love your weight, but keep having thoughts that you still have to lose weight? So I love this question. You don't have to lose weight. That's a choice. I want you to stop telling yourself that you still have weight to lose, or you still have to lose weight, or you have to lose weight, or any of those have tos. You don't have to do shit. So if you're choosing to lose weight, then that is a choice that you're making. And I want you to think of it like I am choosing to do this for myself. And that's why having a why is so important and anchoring yourself to that why is so important. So you don't have to lose weight. You want to lose weight. So if you want to lose weight, then think about why. I want to be healthy. I want to be there for my grandkids when when I have grandkids. I want to live long enough to see them. I want to be able to, to get on the floor and play with my children. I want to be able to shop where I want to shop. I want to be able to feel proud about my accomplishments. Focus on those things. Focus on your whys. When you find yourself in this place of, I want to love myself, but I still have work. I think I still have work to do. Think about how you want to feel and let that be your guide. Not this rule that you must do these things, right? Because when we think about anything that we have to do, I have to go to work. I have to do this thing. That takes the joy and that takes the love out of it. And then it feels like an obligation. So it's really difficult to love the body that you have right now if you feel have to change it in order to love it or that you won't love it until you've reached 
a certain goal. Your journey, your weight loss journey is all about you. It's all about how you want to feel. It's all about the things that you want to do. It's all about the things that you want to create in your life. Losing weight in a way where you're not prioritizing self-love is probably one of the easiest ways to gain it back. Because once you start loving yourself, no matter what you look like, no matter what the scale says, once you just start honoring, I have a body and it's gotten me this far. And if you're a mother, your body has created life. And I often say that to my clients that have children and they talk about their stretch marks and they talk about the cellulite and they talk about all of these things that they think are ugly because they're comparing their body to when they were 21 and had very little care in the world, right? You're not that person anymore, but do you really, do you want to be? Because 21-year-old me was a fucking hot mess. So do you really want to be comparing yourself to a version of yourself that you'll never be again? So when you think about your journey and you think about all of the reasons why you are able to love yourself right now, think about all the things that you're grateful for. You have legs. You have eyes to see the beauty in the world, to see your children, to see your loved ones. When you focus on the things that you currently have, it's all it always goes back to the whole gratitude thing. And I know it can sound a little trite sometimes. It's just like, you know, be grateful for the things that you have. But it's true. If all you're focused on are your flaws, you'll only find more flaws. But if you focus on the things, the progress that you've made, the work that you're doing, you are currently in the middle of a weight loss journey. That is powerful. That takes a lot of gumption. Some people stay stuck at their weight forever and they just feel bad about it. So if you're actually taking the steps and, and, and going along this journey, love yourself for that, for that reason alone. I often say that it wasn't until I was going through my weight loss journey that I learned self-love, that I really started to learn to stop being hard on myself. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I love myself every minute of every day. Because I still struggle a lot. But I allow the equal airtime now. I understand that this is just a part of this journey. Sometimes I don't love what I see. And sometimes I do. It's all a journey. There's never going to be this destination of like, oh, check. I love myself. All is well. It's always going to be an ebb and a flow. And that's why it's so important to love yourself no matter where you are in your journey. Because if you think you're going to love yourself more when you've lost the weight, I got something to tell you. It's not true. You will find something else to pick on. You will find something else that you're not happy with. And so that's why I always say perfection isn't real. It's just we, we keep moving this target and then we continue to feel deflated because we're moving the target. Like we're doing it to ourselves. I want you to think about if loving yourself feels too difficult right now. How about honor yourself? If it feels too far off to say, I love myself right now, then think about how can I honor myself? How can I honor my body? Because if you think about it that way, again, it's lowering that temperature of this intensity around this whole idea of being at peace with yourself. Just how do I honor myself better? How do I care for myself a little bit better? How do I give myself the space and the grace that I need while I'm on this journey, while I'm evolving, while I'm growing? Because growth is really hard sometimes. Like it's uncomfortable. Again, remember how our brains, they want habit. They want to be, they want to be comfortable. They like homeostasis. Our brain wants it to be the way it always is. It loves routine. So when we're breaking routines that don't serve us anymore, it's going to give some resistance. That's normal. 
You're just a human with a brain. So instead of making that mean something's wrong, something's gone wrong, just give yourself this grace and say, I'm on this journey and there will be bumps and there will be obstacles. And I have chosen to do this because I want to because of my whys. And I always tell my clients, if they start forgetting their whys, write them down in a place where you can see them every single day whether it's a post-it note, uh, index cards on your phone, in your notes app. If you have to look at that when you first wake up in the morning and before you go to bed, do that. Remind yourself why you are choosing to lose weight and stop thinking, I have to lose weight. Next question is, I feel like I'm doing all the things, but I've only lost a few pounds. So there's two parts to this question. I feel like I've been doing all the things, but I've only lost a few pounds. So what are all the things? I want you to really question that. Are you really doing all the things? So if you're following my framework, all the things means following the hunger scale. Am I hungry? Have I had enough? Are you actually overeating or not? Are you eating to to satisfy? Are you drinking enough water? Are you getting enough sleep? How's your stress looking, right? How are you managing your stress? Oftentimes we say, I'm doing all the things, I'm doing all the things. Sometimes you have to switch things up too. So this goes back again to when people are very strict with themselves and they think that I have to follow this specific thing and I can't deviate in any way. You have to allow yourself some flexibility sometimes. So I often say when people come to me with that is, what are all the things? Like, are you really doing all the things? Are you really following your plan? Are you really eating what you say you're going to, what you had planned on eating percentage wise, right? 100% of the time? Are you doing it 50% of the time, right? So be very honest with yourself, not in a judgmental way, in a curious way. Are you really doing all of the things? The other part of this It doesn't seem like I'm seeing the big results other people may be seeing. Number one, I want you to stop comparing yourself to other people's journeys because we are all bio-individual. It doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. This is your journey, right? So that's the first thing. That's That's a thought thing. If you have 15 pounds to lose and you're comparing yourself to someone who has 50 pounds to lose or 40 pounds to lose, those are two completely different journeys that are gonna take different timelines. There's different things that they may have to do. So again, I want you to stop comparing yourself to others, whoever they may be. So I have clients that come to me and they do have more weight to lose. They have maybe over 30 pounds to lose. Those clients actually lose weight oftentimes faster than the ones that have 10 to 15 pounds to lose. What I want you to start thinking about is percentage of weight loss instead of necessarily like, It's one pound, it's two pounds. What is the percentage? Because it varies depending on how much weight you have to lose. So I want you to really think about that, but stop comparing yourself to other people. It would be completely unfair to compare yourself if you see uh, your friend, maybe you and your friend are on the same journey, but your friend has more weight to lose or less weight to lose. You're on two different journeys. Right. So I think it's just really important to for the first part of the question, are you really doing all the things? What are all the things like really? Let's let's unpack what all the things looks like and what do we need to change? Do we need to shake something up there? But as far as other people around you that may be on a similar journey as yours, stop. Like I really would say, say, stop, stop doing that. It's not helpful. It's not helpful. It's not empowering. It's not serving you. The thoughts that we have that don't serve us only sabotage us if we allow them enough time to 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 be there if we just allow it to just kind of float around here in a thought bubble that's just gonna make you doubt yourself and feel bad and all of these things and that's not gonna help you along your journey i want you to work on just putting your blinders on this is your journey if you're genuinely doing all the things something may may not be working 
or maybe you just need a little bit of time. I've had clients that will plateau for a few weeks and they freak out. I had one a few weeks ago. She was pissed off. She was mad at me. She was mad at herself. She was mad at the program. And I I thought it was funny and I was laughing at her and not in a mean way, but only because I've been on this side. I've been on both sides. But now that I'm on this side of it and I'm working with so many different women with different Everything's different lifestyles, different backgrounds. Some have children, some don't have children. I see it all, so none of this phases me. So she's pissed off, and I was laughing at her. Um, she knows who she is. I was like, it's okay that you're mad, and it's okay that you're frustrated, and it's okay that you think this isn't working and that you're, you're going to have to go back. She's like, I think I'm going to have to go back to keto because that's the only way I could lose the weight. And I was laughing because I was like, except you gained it back, so that's why you're here with me, and you've just hit a plateau. I got you, right? And um, she had her breakthrough about a week ago. And it's so funny because I was like, oh, look at that. Look at your breakthrough. You lost five pounds in a week. And um, and I was kind of teasing her, but in a loving way, obviously. And she's like, don't jinx me. But, um, but I just want to offer that that's normal, right? These things are normal. If you've genuinely hit a plateau, right? Sometimes it's your body is just just readjusting to things. Just to just to kind of close that one out, since it was kind of two questions, what are all the things that you're doing? And maybe you need to make some adjustments there in a curious way and not a judgmental way. And if you don't think you're losing weight as quickly as other people or as quickly as you think, like where are you getting this timeline from, right? Is this just something that you created? Is this just a thought that you're having? Um, if so, then then that's the work, changing that thought. And understanding and giving yourself the grace, which is kind of the underlying theme of this episode, giving yourself the grace to let your body catch up with the things that you're doing, with the work that you're doing. And my last question, I want my partner to lose weight with me, but he doesn't want to. What can I do? Uh, Nothing. All you can do is control what you eat, control how you're showing up. And if you want to encourage them to be on this journey with you, That's really all you can do. You cannot force anyone to lose weight just because you're doing it. You can't force anyone to get healthy. Even if you're convinced, I want them to get healthy. I really want them to prioritize their health. Think about when you started your journey. You started your journey to lose weight. Think about what it took for you to be ready. Was it someone told you? hey, I think you should lose weight. I think you should be healthier. I think you should prioritize your health. If so, how did that feel? Was that motivating and inspiring? Or most of us, for most of us, someone gives us that kind of feedback and we get very defensive. You don't lose weight until you're ready. And so the decision has to be on your partner. All you can really do in this situation is be an example to your partner of what's possible. Be an example of you know, this is what it looks like when 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 I'm changing my habits, right? I feel better. I feel more confident. I'm I'm able to do all of these things now. Just be an example, be a role model. That's really all you can do. Because if we try to force someone to join us on this journey, so you're just basically gonna drag them along with you. They're just gonna resist along the way. If anything, it might create issues that you don't want to necessarily have in your relationship until that person is ready to make a change. There really isn't anything you can do about it. Because we're all individual, and I know even if it's, you know, if you're married and and you're long-term, whatever it is, your partner has to want it, right? And if you try to, you know, guilt trip them or if you try to, you know, do anything that's going to then have them feeling 
some type of way, right? All it's going to do is just make them shut down. We will resist accepting help because we're not able to receive it. So if your partner is not ready to receive the help that you want to offer them or to join you on this journey, then all you can do is wait until they are and not make that your problem because it's not. All you can control is you, your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions are the only things that you can control. If we could control other people, listen, if I had the, the, the secret to that, but I don't, right? So we can't control other people. We also can't help people that don't want to be helped, right? As a coach, I've had to learn to not insert myself and try to coach people and try to fix people, <laughs> in quotes, fix people that, that don't want to be helped or that aren't ready. If your partner is not ready or if they don't want your help, or if they don't want to change, there's really nothing you can do. So I want to offer that you not make that your problem. As much as you, as much as you may love them, I'm sure you do. And you want them to be around and you want them to be their best self and you want them to be healthy. All you can do is focus on your journey and maybe they will join you and maybe they won't. And friends, those are all my questions. If you have any burning questions or if there's anything specific that you would love me to answer, I do have the link in my show notes on how to ask me a question and uh, you'll find all of that in the show notes. You can just submit your question and I will answer it on a future episode next season. That's all for today. Bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning in and trusting that none of this has to be complicated. You can have the health the body, and the life that you've always desired. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Find me on Instagram and YouTube at It's Eva Rodriguez so that I can support you on your journey of uncomplicating weight loss and life.